Hi, everyone, and welcome back to Once Upon a Phrase. This is season two. I am your host, Jason. And you're the host, Lisa. And just a reminder, wherever you listen to us, whatever your poison is, Apple, Spotify, Google, Amazon, I don't know where we're at, just remember to rate and review. Also, don't forget to follow us on Instagram at Once Upon a Phrase. All right, so a couple changes from season one. First, wildcard episodes. Um, Usually we theme the episodes. For example, today's episode theme is music. But we have a collection of phrases that we've gathered um, in our time off. So not all of them follow under a category or a theme. So we'll be doing wildcard episodes with just, you know, phrases we want to talk about, but maybe don't necessarily have a category. All right. So address time off. I know we took some time off in between season one and season two. Um, As stated before, we're both teachers. And we don't work over the summer, and things kind of got busy with extra classes and two kids. Yes, we are um, constant learners, so we did add on some extra classes and, you know, took some time for our family and some other stuff. But we are committed to season two, and one of those commitments being uh, we'll probably be releasing episodes every other week as opposed to every week. Um, one more thing. Uh, as Jason said, our wildcard episodes those are a mixture of phrases that we have found interesting that we want to share with you. And also ones that our friends and family who listen have also recommended to us. So if you listeners have any phrases that you are just itching to know what they mean, please feel free to shoot us a comment and we will try to put that into our new episodes. Yeah, you can do that on Instagram or I, I don't know if I actually told you this, Lisa. Uh, I have a, I mean, a couple fantasy football leagues, but at one of my drafts, um, a couple months back, I found out a few guys in the draft because they support us. Uh, listen, and their mom actually listens, and we spent probably a good twenty minutes before the draft with them, just just giving me all sorts of phrases like, you know, where does this come from? Where does that come from? So if you know us personally, feel free to do that. Comment on Instagram, um, message on I don't know. If you don't know us, Instagram's probably your best bet if you don't know us. I think that's a pretty cool idea, though, just to have people, our listeners give us ideas, because sometimes these are phrases that we may have not been familiar with, being that we live here in the Chicagoland area. So maybe other phrases from other parts of the U.S. are things that we can look into. Not just the U.S., actually. Um, I can see, you know, following our analytics, we get some listeners from around the world. Um, I can't tell how many, but it's out there. So again, just like I said, Instagram is probably your best bet. and yeah, just keep it going. Actually, going back to that fantasy football thing, I don't know if I told you when I walked in, uh, they were telling me a funny story. Their mom was listening to an episode, and as soon as they walked in, they could hear my voice. I guess it was coming through their Echo or their Google or something. <laughs> and he told me they walked in, and they were like, is that, is that Jason? Mom, shut that off. We don't want to hear that guy. You know, we're in game they get, they, get enough of it. they get enough of you, right? Yeah, well, especially during the fantasy season. But, all right, let's jump right into it. Season one, episode two, as I'm sorry, season two, episode one, as I mentioned before, music. All right. So I'll start us off with our first phrase. Uh, it's called fit as a fiddle. Have you ever heard of this one? Because I personally have not. I have never heard this phrase, but it came up as pretty common. Um, I've heard uh, playing second fiddle. I've heard, you know, fiddler on the roof. I know what a fiddle is. <laughs> That's about as far as I got with this one. All right, so I had to look this one up extensively because I have never heard of this one myself, but I thought it was interesting to learn about. So fit as a fiddle refers to being in shape or in good health. 
Yeah, I'm going to need you to go deeper on that. Because like I said, I only know what a fiddle is, which is violin, right? Right. Okay. So fiddles are, you know, string instruments, usually referring to a violin, right? So a lot of violinists are in great shape? No. So apparently, I don't play an instrument. Have you ever played an instrument before with yeah, strings? Yeah, when I was in high school, I briefly played the bass. Um, okay. I don't... So there's four strings on a bass, right? Yes. Yeah, so well, there was five on the one I played. I was not nearly good enough to play a five-string bass, but I had one, and I played it, and I, I tried my best. All right, so apparently, I had looked this up, apparently string instruments really need a lot of love and care. They need to be, the strings to be replaced, do you ever have to replace the strings on your bass? Yes, um, I've had a string snap while playing. My guitarists used to, I, I guess, uh, guitar strings, they were, they were better than I were, so their strings were breaking more often because they were playing a little bit harder than I was. So, string instruments like a violin, they need to have the strings replaced often. They also need to get the little tiny pegs tightened up, depending on what they're playing. And also, they need to be dusted and cleaned for them to be working well. So, side note, guys. Uh, Lisa's father is a pretty good guitarist. Here he was. And he would be ashamed at how little you know about <laughs> stringed instruments right now. Um, I just knew he had lots of guitars. I didn't know how they worked or... I remember early in Jason and I's dating, he we would come over and my dad would talk about all of these guitars and he had all these fancy names from I apologize for those who play guitar. He had all these names of all these different ones he owned and I would see Jason's face light up. I had no idea what kind of foreign language they were speaking. So my dad would definitely be ashamed of this conversation. Yes, that um, he didn't play the fiddle, but he, he could play a stringed instrument. And how little you know is embarrassing right now. But go on. So. so, therefore, a violin, in order for it to work effectively, it would need to be in good condition, right? Being cared for strings, the pegs, dusted and cared for. So, as a result, if you're being compared to a fiddle, a violin, and being fit, that's referring to, like, you take care of yourself, right? You make sure that you're healthy, you eat well, and so forth. Okay. This actually dates back to being mentioned in a book back in 1616. Okay, well, that makes sense because a fiddle or, you know, violin, that's an old instrument, you know, that, that goes back a while. Um, how much of this do you think is alliteration? Just the FF, fit as a fiddle. Like I did just, see that was... Just rolls off the tongue? Yeah. It kind of just makes sense. And then going down the rabbit hole, another crazy variation of this is fit as a butcher's dog, which is a little bit different. Doesn't roll off the tongue like fiddle. No. This is alliteration. This is what I'm talking about. No. So a butcher's dog, if you were to work at a butcher shop, you have access to lots of different scraps of meat. So you're well fed and well taken care of. Probably not the healthiest eating all the meat, but. I don't know. Maybe fit has a different definition. Because I think fit, I think in shape, muscles, like, you know. I think if you've got access to all those scraps of meat, you're probably fat as a butcher's dog. Yeah, I would, I would say that, yeah. I wish I had some scraps of meat. Um, I love, you know what, <laughs> different conversation for a different day. But yeah, I agree. I, I love some recipes heavy on the meat. All right, tell us another phrase. All right, so this one, uh, I, I started to do research on it, and I was like, nah, this is not that good. And then I, like. I'm with you. I fell down the rabbit hole, and it was good. So it is to change your tune. So, Lisa, if somebody tells you to change your tune, what are they asking? I feel like that's something we would tell our teenage daughter. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> uh, it's to change your attitude, like fix it. Yes. So to change your tune means to change your attitude. But it has nothing to do with, like, your voice. 
it's hmm. it's not because you know you know when you're giving somebody attitude or something like that you've got that that tone in your voice yep that's not necessarily what it dates back to um this is more related to movies um theater plays opera musicals um especially movies before sound they would rely heavily on the music to show the mood the emotion the theme okay so they still do that now like when you're watching a scary movie that sound um personally me i'm not a fan of the scary movies so when i hear that tune i cover my eyeballs i'm like nope i well, don't want that's exactly it though the music right it's the hint- tune okay. being played it lets you know what's coming right correct and it i mean scary movies like i'm glad you brought that up there've been numerous movies where just that sound you remember like the jaws theme song right mm-hmm. or halloween or What's the movie with the the girl that screams really loud? Uh, Psycho, right? The yes, in the shower scene. Yeah, okay. so just that sound that the the music they've chosen to put in there shows you, like I said, the emotion, the sort of the attitude of the movie. Right. So my question is, how does it go from? Then that makes sense. How does it go from that origin to using it as like change your attitude? So it. I know I'm just talking about movies because that's more modern, but think before movies, musicals, operas, theaters, you know, they had to rely so heavily on the music to let the audience know what what the setting is, what the tone of the, the feeling, you know, everything kind of going on. Music is so important, right? It, even on a, on a, it doesn't always have to be scary, right? Uh, Benny Hill, right? Yakety Sax, that's that like goofy chase music. Right. You know when you hear that. It's funny, it's comical, something. So it, it may be just background information to us or background noise to us, but you know exactly what's happening, right? I totally agree. So we, you have to understand that when they say change your tune, they mean change your attitude because you're setting a tone, right? Either mm-hmm. what you're saying or, you know, what your face is saying sometimes. It, it's not right for the situation, right? And okay. It, you know, you brought up, uh, when we do this with the the 16-year-old, we we are expecting one thing and she is giving us another. Correct. Right? So she needs to change the attitude, the theme, the sort of aura she's bringing to the table. Um, okay. I, I but, can see that. That makes sense. And, and then you can't underestimate how important the music is. And maybe this is a little off topic, but scores, when they're in movies, you know, they mean everything. I mean, they gave Oscars for the best score. And there are certain times when... Maybe if you've never even seen the movie, if you hear the music, you know. Right? And sometimes you can you can hear the music, and if you're familiar with those people, you can be like, oh, that's him again, because it's similar to another movie sure. you've seen. That actually only applies to me for one person. Hmm. Um, most, I don't know, I don't want to say most famous, but I guess most popular okay. movie music composer of all time, do you know? Nope. Uh, he's done everything. I'm sure once you mention it, I'll know, but I'm terrible at names. I know. I shouldn't have played this game with you while we're recording. Danny Elfman? Yes. I've, seen his, na- I've seen his name at the end of every movie ever credits made. of most movies. Yeah, so yes. it's just that that's how important the music is to a movie, you know? And when you're telling somebody to change your tune, you're sort of treating them like a performance, like a play or an opera or movie. Um, so it works into that. Um, that's why I kept it in here. I actually started researching that, and I thought it was really cool. Um, All right, what else you got for us, Lisa? So my next phrase is face the music. Have you heard of that one before? I've heard it, and I've had to do it. 
So what does it mean? It's your own up, right? Conse consequences of actions. And yep. intentional, unintentional, you got to face those yep, consequences. Yeah, so refers to confronting the consequences of your actions. And usually face, face the music isn't referring to a positive thing. It's usually you've messed up in somewhere somehow and you have to, you know, take what's coming to you. So, you know, explain. I got some follow-up questions, but let's let's hear its origin first. So, one possible origin refers to when theater performers, when when performing in theater, they have to face the orchestra pit. Okay. Yeah, the orchestra pit, they're like right under the stage. Right. And so, it kind of like face the music when you ever perform in a play, right, in a theater, when you're facing the orchestra pit, it's kind of like... Uh, I can't even think, you know, I can't think of the word. Um, facing your fears. Like, you, when you have stage fright, you kind of just have to suck it up and... Okay, yeah, because I guess if you're facing the music, you're also facing the audience. Right. And it's it's time to perform. Yeah, it's or, time to just go. Or even, uh, like, the end, right? How do you know if you did a good job or a bad job? The audience tells you that. Yeah, they do. They're either going to, well, if they're a nice audience, they'll, like, they'll politely applaud. Um, but if But you'll probably get those few in the front that'll give you that... They'll show you that body language well, that'll tell you whether they like it or not. Yeah, so. th well, this is what you're hoping for. Right? So you, you, you want that big cheer. Yes, right? totally. Um, and if you don't, you know, consequence. Maybe you did a bad job and the audience isn't there for you. Right. Another origin I thought was interesting, which um, I think makes a lot of sense as well, is so in the military, when you're being, like, discharged or dismissed, you often had to go out to like the beating of drums or like some sort of music playing during that like process. Trumpets, right. Yeah. So know, it was military music, I think trumpets. Or drums, right? So it's kind of just like you kind of have to face the music in that situation and kind of deal with what was being dealt to you based on whatever happened, right? Yeah. So you said when they're being discharged, yes. right? So mm -hmm. I assume dishonorably right. discharged. Yes. Yeah. So dismissed or discharged, right? Okay. So a couple follow up questions if you stumbled across this. Or maybe just in everyday life. Consequences, I mean, is that bad? Like, can you face the music for a good thing? Like, if you do something good and you're going to be rewarded, do you think we could still say, oh, yeah, I, I turned in this report. You know, boss is going to give me a raise. I'm going to go in and face the music. I mean, I guess if we think of, like, literally what it means, we could use that. But I personally never heard it used in a positive connotation. Oh, it's always negative. It's always been a negative connotation toward it. Yeah. Okay. I just don't think you use it. I don't know. I'm trying. Oh, yeah, to, I'm I, trying I, to think what you would say if it was a positive thing. Reap the rewards. Yeah. Wow. Which Ooh, yeah. Maybe we'll throw that into another episode. Hmm. Uh, mental note: reap the rewards. Good idea. All right. What do you got for us? Okay, so uh, this one, all the bells and whistles. So you would say, for example, this podcast has all the bells and whistles. Uh, that rings a bell. Okay, are you making a Pavlov joke? Or? Explain, what do you mean? Oh, are you not? Oh, the, the <laughs> rings a bell thing. Oh, man, this is great. You, get a, you guys get a twofer here. Um, when you say, before we get to the bells and whistles, when you say that rings a bell, what are you okay. referring to? Like, that makes sense. Like, I remember. Like Just remember, right? So as a Pavlov, you know, he did the experiment with the dog and the salivate, and, you know, he'd ring the bell every time it was time to eat. I remember that from my education classes. Yeah, yeah. Okay. and then eventually if he would just ring the bell, the dog would remember it's time to eat and start salivating. Oh. Right? So that's not what I was talking about, but that's a good sidetrack. Um, 
Interesting. No, so, I learned something. Yeah. So all the bells and whistles is different. So this actually goes back. The, the original one I found was about a train because they actually have bells and whistles. Okay. Um, it was a short path. It, it was clearly not the origin. It was just one of those stories that get told. Um, the bell, you know, if something has all the bells and whistles, sometimes people think, oh, that's the train. It's not, right? So the actual origin goes all the way back to, uh, it's called a, uh, I'm not, I'm not going to say it right, um, a calope, uh, yeah, calope. It's basically a fluted instrument. Um, it's similar to like an organ, right? Okay. And, but it plays whistles. Anyways, um, so it's that or a theater organ or a fairground organ. Basically, in these situations, before speakers and, you know, before movies and performances, again, with the sounds, they used organs, right, to sound effects, basically, right? The organs, and again, not like a church organ. I mean, like one from a fair or, you know, in a theater. All those different pipes, they all make, they're all set to make a different sound. Okay. I'm, when, I'm, when I'm thinking of an organ, I think of our trip to uh, the castle in Canada, and we went through the house. Yeah, yeah. Big room that was just like a big organ, right? Yes, so absolutely. The, but yeah. are we talking about something that big or probably something smaller? Probably something, um, it depends. If it's in a theater, probably bigger. If it's on the fairgrounds, okay. probably smaller. All right. Um, but again, they, they all make different sounds. So if you were watching a performance, they would use the the organ to make sounds. Those these things were typically very very large, and you know you could sell small ones, medium ones, big ones, and the bigger they were, the more bells and whistles they had on them. Uh, especially with um, uh, I wish I could say this right, a calope, a calope, um, or the organ. Either way, it got bells and whistles on it. So, like, more features, you're saying? Yes. Well, okay. that's what the, something is right. all the building. The issue is you don't really need them, right? If you're at the fairgrounds or you're in a theater, there's the standard bells and whistles and, you know, that come on a, an organ or, you know, they're enough, right? You typically didn't use all the extra ones, right? But you could buy them, and you could buy them really big with lots of bells and whistles that you're never going to use. Because but they're enticing. I mean, just like everything else, when they offer you something with all the bells and whistles, even if you're never going to need it, the shininess, essentially, of all those bells and whistles yeah. so, entice you, for exactly. sure. Exactly. And So I'm glad you bring that up, because that's kind of where it caught mainstream okay. attention, is, you know, if I were to say all the bells and whistles, something has all the bells and whistles, what's the first thing that comes to your head? I'm thinking about when I get a new car in a few years. Yeah, yeah. Well, hopefully, right? Make some money on this darn podcast, maybe. I want all the bells and whistles on the new car whenever I get that in the near future. So it's closely associated with a car, okay? Except its original sort of meaning, uh, mainstream at least, when it really started to catch on, was about computers. I could see that. I mean, I think some people, especially if, like, you game or you're in, like, Oh, I don't know what you called that. When you design things like your yeah, graphic design, yeah, there we go. Let's think of the word. Yeah. I feel like you need all those bells and whistles because you need it to work a little faster than I do to type up lesson plans. So, so this is the thing: people that do, you know, that need it for work, or they do those things you were describing. Mm-hmm. Like you said, they need those features, right? Most people don't, right? You know what I mean? Uh, that is why again, I probably should have checked the. 
um, numbers on this, but things like Chromebooks are such high sellers now because they don't have bells and whistles. They just do the thing. You know, right, they, ac they access the internet. Or, they can get onto the Google sites we need to get on, and that's ex it. Exactly, right? And they're huge sellers because of that. But a lot of people were buying computers, especially early on when computers, you know, first hit the market with so much stuff that they had no idea what this stuff did, right? Even today, most people probably know, like, the basics. But when computers first hit the market, nobody knew anything. Mm -hmm. So they were buying these machines that had... And salesmen were just throwing stuff at them, talking about RAMs and hard drives and, you know, all of this stuff. People were just, uh-huh, uh-huh. So it really got mainstream with the computer um, verge. But then, yeah, cars kind of take it now. Um, so the crazy thing is people, they had, you know, all this stuff and it couldn't be used, but they know they have to pay more money for it and they still do it. Um I feel like it's, I feel like as human beings, we want to be able to say we have the best of the best. Like, I got the, I got the computer, I got the phone, I got the TV, I have the car that has all of these features that I'm never going to use, but I have it. Like, it's kind of a status symbol, essentially. No, I, I agree. I was actually kind of looking at it a little bit more positive. Like, maybe you buy a computer or a car or whatever with all the bells and whistles in the hopes that you'll learn how to use them. You'll spend a little bit more time, you know, learning about this machine and tr trying to better yourself. I mean, that could be the same thing with computers. If you've never done something like graphic design, but you know the computer you have has certain capabilities, maybe it's something you're going to take up as a hobby to learn yeah. or to better yourself. Yeah, so yeah. I definitely think could be a positive thing, too. I just don't think that that's the likely scenario. I, I, I would lean more towards what you said. People get the bells and whistles as a status symbol. Not necessarily with aspirations to better themselves. Or sometimes the aspirations are there, but they never come to fruition because... It's life. Or Yeah, that's true. You get life or lazy or you kind of fall back on that for sure. Yeah. Um, all right. Well, on that note, um, one last musical-related idiom I want to bring. Um, since we are wrapping this episode up, uh, how about it ain't over till the fat lady sings? <laughs> <laughs> good one to end the podcast yes um as you know you know this is probably a phrase that gets thrown around i would say a lot in sports right i hear that it's like oh, in it's sports not... yeah when you think the game is done or a team is beating you or not you but you know your team you want to hold on hope right you're watching in the fourth quarter down by 20 you know why because it ain't over till the fat lady sings right do they actually say that in, like, the broadcast? Oh, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Maybe not. Maybe I don't watch enough of it with you, but I've never heard them say that. But maybe I'm not listening for it either. Yeah. Well, so, do you know where it comes from? No, I don't. Okay. Well, we can't just say it and leave our listeners wondering. Uh, this goes back a uh, long, long time uh, to opera, right? Italian opera, it usually ends with a full-figured woman, um, usually because they need the the diaphragm and the lungs, you know, the power and the strength. Okay. Um, maybe. That was actually just a guess. I don't know why. I was going to ask you think someone, no. like, I don't know, slimmer and fit would be able to do the same thing? No, I just, um, when looking this up, uh, every source I looked into mentioned how it was usually a bigger woman or a full-figured woman. Okay. Um, and she would end the show, you know, and she would sing 
she would sing the show to close. And that's when you knew the opera was actually over. So, you know, you're sitting there through the acts or I've actually never been to the opera. I don't know how they split that up, but you're wondering when it's going to be over, right? When the lady comes on stage and starts belting, it's over, right? And on that note, season two, episode one is over. Uh, thank you guys for listening. Uh, welcome back. Excited for season two. And just a couple reminders, rate and review. If you want in your review to throw in a couple phrases for us to look up, we can do that too. Uh, don't forget to subscribe to us on Instagram at Once Upon a Phrase. Um, that's where all the best content's going to be released. Um, other than that, until next time. Bye, everyone. Bye. Thank you.